crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Woo! Hexhale, y'all. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Devin Williams escapes the ninth. Bases loaded jam. There's some scar tissue there now from Tuesday. Good to see him bounce back in such a big way tonight. And the story to me is Julio Tehran. We'll have plenty to talk about with Julio. We'll have plenty to talk about with Jeff Cirillo here on the program as well. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Uh, okay, Jeff. For First and foremost, I want to talk about Julio Tehran. Four straight quality starts. Uh, pulled after six innings again today. Great work. Six run, uh, six innings, two runs allowed. Just two base runners. I mean, the, the second run scored without a hit. What, what else is there to say about how impressive this guy has been? I mean, he's a veteran pitching like he's in his, you know, in his prime again. This has been so much fun to watch. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, it's a great way to watch a guy that's doing a pitching clinic, right? I mean, just the way he's in and out. He moves the ball. He doesn't do it with velocity. And just he's come up with a great changeup. And it's a plus major league pitch. And, and obviously, he's got feel. He's not afraid to throw in on, on left handers to bring that pitch back a la Greg Maddox. But I mean, what a shot in the arm and what a sign. And, and to him tonight, as I was sitting here watching this game at American Family Field, it, it looked like every pitch was on. He was dotting it exactly where he wanted it. Changeups were low, sliders to both sides of the plate, elevating fastballs. It was just a mix and match, and then he'd throw a curveball to catch him by surprise, and they'd be out in front of it and roll over. I mean, it's so rare when you talk to starters saying, yeah, all of my stuff was on tonight. And it certainly, the eye test looked like it was all on tonight as well. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys, and it's it's fun to play behind guys like that, right? Because I think the pitch clock really was made for this guy, too. I mean, he's super animated out there, a lot of energy, a lot of athleticism. And he's on a roll, right? I mean, he's pitching with confidence. And, I mean, Mike Maddox used to always say he's like, it's not a bad pitch, right? It's the pitch you want to throw. Even if it gets hit, it's throwing it with conviction. That's what he's doing. And and for Cirillo, to, to for this guy, for Tehran, to be the guy to stabilize the rotation, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. And for a guy that was in Padre spring training, was in their AAA, sees an opportunity with the Brewers, and invokes his opt-out that he has in that deal with the Padres, says, I'm going to put my best foot forward here in Milwaukee. And... Just the the team aspect of it, right? To have that guy who was pitching in El Paso a month ago to now be pitching important games in a NL Central race, what can that do for a clubhouse? I'm sure you've been in clubhouses where a guy shows up that's new to the team and is performing well, having no prior experience with this club. Well, what I will tell you is that when you take Simone on the fifth day, when he pitches... You feel when you see that lineup, when you come through the door, and he's on the bump, first of all, you're going to get his best, right? Because he's just great energy and just um, everything you ever hear about the guy is just is a tremendous makeup, tremendous makeup not only in the clubhouse, but listening to his interview um, with Jeff after the game or just talking about the opportunity he's getting and he's seizing it because he never knows when, he's, when his last pitch is going to be thrown. I mean, this is a guy that was pitching probably an independent ball last year, and like you said, he was AAA, so... And now he's going to back himself into a nice little deal at the end of this year for sure. 
No kidding. I mean, he's he's certainly uh, getting paid at the end of this, whatever ends up happening uh, as he continues to perform four consecutive quality starts. He has given the Brewers a chance to win in all five of his starts this year. The first one was on a quality start because he only went five innings. Uh, but furthermore, Devin Williams, the psyche of a closer, it's one of the hardest positions in all of sports, right? You fail one day, they're going to ask you to come right back out there and do the same thing and make sure you succeed. It is a pass-or-fail type thing, right? And for Devin Williams, it got a little wobbly. But for him to pass this test today can certainly mean uh, and pay off dividends moving forward for him. That's what's great about sports, really. I mean, that there's no blueprint on this thing. They are human beings. You know, the little seed of doubt sometimes creeps in. And look, I mean, uh, Carlos Santana, I mean, you can tell, obviously, from about the third batter, third left, it went up there. They were all sitting on change-ups trying to get up in the zone. And uh, Santana hits a rocket off the bat to right field. As well as ones, and I mean, he's pitching away from the lefties just to get to the right at the end there, and um, just a just a Herculean effort from him tonight to get through that because uh, you know he was left on the field the last time, and here we go, second and third, and one out, and and here we go, and on a six game losing streak. Eight five five six one six one six twenty again. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Josh here in Milwaukee. That feels like an important win to start a stretch against some very good teams. It was nice to see several walks drawn and some two out RBIs again. It was a bit of an adventure, but thank goodness for the W. Uh, appreciate the text there, Josh. We'll talk about the offense coming up in the next segment, getting a little more specific about what we saw from that first inning and also from Joey Weimer a little bit later on in the game, hitting his ninth home run of the season. Uh, once again, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. If you want to join in, this is uh, Brewers Extra Innings. It's presented by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come with Jeff after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Friday night, a lot more fun when the Brewers win, and they snap the losing streak at six games. They beat the Pirates. Uh, Looking at this offense tonight, Jeff, and the attack that they were able to put together against uh, the lefty veteran that is Rich Hill. I'm sure a lot of folks were worried seeing a lefty on the mound today. But just getting out of the uh, media availability with Craig Council, the word that he used was discipline. And uh, there's no other way to really put it. Four walks in an inning, you got to make it count. And then Blake Perkins really made it count there. What did you make of that first inning as a whole? And then we'll get a little more specific. Well, it looked like Rich Hill was really having a hard time commanding any pitch, to be honest with you, right? His breaking ball, he wasn't getting a few of those calls, you know, whether it be off or on with hedges. But uh, it was always one that um, they took advantage of a pitcher that was wild. I mean, they didn't really manufacture too many hits, but they were still able to, to produce. And Perkins got the big two-out base hit on a kind of a loopy, the old-school 72-mile-an-hour curveball he was trying to land, and he took advantage of it. And for the Brewers to win a game with some patience, I mean, they drew seven walks today. Uh, only struck out nine times in comparison to those seven walks, so I love seeing that. I know we've talked about that ratio all season long. But for the Brewers to win a game with patience, to snap a losing streak where they haven't had a lot of patience, could this 
you know, it's one of those things where it's everyone wants to hit the homers, everyone wants to hit the grand slams, everybody wants to hit the big doubles and shots like that. But sometimes, sometimes you got to win a game like this to remind yourself, oh yeah, we can work counts, we can work things out and attack the pitches we're supposed to attack. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you go on losing streaks, you panic a little bit at the plate and maybe want to feel like you got to be the hero. And you start to overswing and you just kind of get in the I got modes instead of just kind of working the bats and being in the moment of that at bat. And so the Brewers did a great job tonight of seeing that Richville was having trouble with his command. And they were able to produce, you know, a, a, I don't know if it was six walks off Richville, but I mean, there was four in that one inning. I think they got seven overall. So it was a good start. Everybody reached base tonight for the Brewers. The RBIs from Brian Anderson on a bases loaded walk, Blake Perkins from a two run single. Joey Weimer from a home run. William Contreras, an opposite field double. Uh, who do you want to talk about first, William or Joey here as we talk about what they did tonight? Well, I think that um, that Joey Weimer was really the one. I mean, even the at-bat is when he, the one guy, he has like kind of an invisible slider that came in late in the game from the Pirates. And most of the batters didn't have a good swing, but he was right on it. And so for me, when I watched him tonight, he really had a lot of confidence to the plate. It looks like he's kind of settling in at the major league level. Whereas before, you know, that first month, especially against the sliders. So for me, Weimer, I mean, he's going to have some 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 ups and downs. But right now, I feel like he's looking confident. He looks like he's not. Um, it looks like he's identified and recognized breaking ball from right handers a little bit better. And did you notice how, I mean, he looked silly on that breaking ball to make it a two-strike count. And, and for Majinski, m- making his big league debut, you know, he's a rookie as well. And he's learning how to succeed in the big leagues. I don't know if you were surprised as I was that he didn't see that sweeper again. Uh, and to give him a fastball and Weimer deposits it in the bullpen. Uh, am I on to the right track here? If I was the catcher, I probably would have called that breaking ball again. Shocked in that pitch, right? It's an 0-2 fastball. I mean, it's not one of those ones. It's, you know, it's just show up in the zone. If you're going to miss, miss, you know, up against the backstop, right? And then come back with the sweeping slider. So a mistake from him and, and Weimer, like, capitalized. That's what major leaguers do, right? you got to capitalize on pitchers' mistakes, and, especially even up at 0-2. Exactly. And, and he got a pitch. It caught enough of the plate, and we know Weimer can turn on a fastball. He's got some serious opposite field power his ninth of the year. Real quick on William Contreras. You know, you talk to a lot of hitters, and they say sometimes they get, you know, at the start of the year in April, William was going the opposite field so much and up the middle so much. Then he started getting pull happy, and we saw the slump pop up, and we've seen him, his batting average kind of dip down a little bit, and his slugging hasn't really been there. And today, sometimes it takes one swing going the opposite way to unlock you. And that ground rule double could be something to circle here for the next week or two if he starts going on a little bit of a better role offensively. Well, I'll tell you what happens is that, you know, you used to have advanced scouts, and now they have the, the advanced metrics as far as the computer goes, and the, the printout screams out. You know, he's looking to go the other way. So what do right-handed pitchers do? They just try and start jamming him. And then you start playing that game of looking in, and then you kind of get out of discipline. And then you say, like, okay, I'm going to go back out on the plate. But it's too late a little bit, right? Because then you have the early front hip, and you're just kind of you're identifying ball in, and then you're kind of taking away a strength. So it's good to see him get back to what he does well. And just, you know, I mean, you, you're going to have to hit some balls on the pull side, but at the most part, that's, that's when he's most successful is looking away. The Brewers never trailed in a 5-4 victory today over the Pirates. Game 1, 
of a very important three-game series with the Buckos. A uh, text here from Aaron in Illinois. First place, still better than second. Another quality start from Tehran like that. Do you think this team could have any chance in a playoff series? A lot of bad tendencies. They struggle against lefties. Well, hey, Aaron, they didn't struggle tonight. Uh, struggle with opponent run game. Everybody's struggling with opponent run game these days because of the new rules. Struggle when they get down early. Thank goodness they didn't get down early, but you're absolutely right about that. And uh, I like Craig Council. Always pull the starter early in his opinion. Uh, I thought Tehran may have had another inning, but I didn't mind him pulling him, especially coming off of the off day. And just to address this text uh, in the playoff series, it's June. You know, I, I still – this is when it's real. You find out what you are for the next month. And up to the All-Star break, I, I, I know I've referenced standings and we talk about standings. Everyone likes to look at standings. I don't care about standings until the All-Star break because that's when you figure out if you're a real or if you're a, if you're a contender, if you're a pretender, and if you need to add at the deadline. I don't know how you guys ever felt in the clubhouse during the times. You know, Did anybody even look at the standings until July or August at that point, Jeff? Not really. I mean, uh, you just want to kind of go out there and you're just playing the games and you know if you're having a good season or not. Look, I mean, when you're when you're at 500, that's when you can kind of start looking forward and looking in the standings a little bit. But until you get to that 500 level and above, you know, you just kind of get because you know most teams, especially back in the day when there wasn't many teams making the playoffs, you you knew that 500 wasn't getting you in the playoffs. So it was one of that 500 was the benchmark, and then you kind of soar from there. All right, we'll have uh, our difference-making moment. That's coming up next. A couple more reactions from this game going down the box score as well. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can call, you can text, and you can join us. We're with you until 11.15 tonight right here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Rolling on with the post-game show. Jeff Cirillo is with us. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers win 5-4, and they do it against a lefty. They are now 10-14, and and games started by southpaws. And to do it against Rich Hill is certainly encouraging with a great first inning, drawing a ton of walks. How about a nice night for Blake Perkins as well? I want to give him a shout-out. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that the Brewers have always looked to for depth, and he's performed very well against lefties as of late. Reminder, he was hitting over 400 in AAA against left-handed pitching. The right side is his better side as a switch hitter. You never know when it's going to come, and we talked about the little looping single, but how about the the defense? The the throw he made in that tough uh, seventh inning against Piguero I mean, that might have saved it from being a tied game. The outfield assist, the Brewers get 15 outfield assists now. That's tied for the Major League lead. Right. I mean, their outfield has been fantastic. And I think that kind of brings us into the, the game-changing moment, right? And so, uh, but like, like you said, and then, you know, I love about that is that Perkins, he laid down the bunt, right? Just an old-school play, right, to, to, to see it. And it's not like the third baseman was there. Hayes was in, and the guy bounced off the mound, so just perfect for him. And, like, he's doing everything to scrap and stay – not only in the lineup, but, you know, stay on the roster. So hats off to him. He had a, a solid game. Getting production out of a bottom of any order, no matter who it is, is uh, something to look out to. But, I mean, before we get to the difference-making stuff, I mean, the Luis Arias defense today, too, fielding that throw from Perkins. He had some traffic in front of him. Uh, it, it's a tough angle. I think it's a it's an odd play, more odd than maybe some people realize because on that angle from when Perkins throwing, I mean, 
the ball and the runner are arriving at the same time on the same line. So Urias kind of has to go out and get it. Can you share how kind of awkward a play like that can be and for the hand-eye coordination for Weicho to do the play he did? That That's a lot more impressive than just putting a tag on a guy. Yeah, it's one of those ones. You try and line yourself up with the right fielder so he'd be inside the bag. You know, the old school thinking is like you kind of straddle the bag and make it right. But there you kind of eye yourself. You mirror yourself up with the guy in the outfield. And then you go get the ball because you're going to see it's kind of be a short hop. And you've got to go get it and try and create some space to put that tag down on the runner. And then Weicho with his own sliding play. I mean, that's a top 10 play all day long to rob McCutcheon of a double down to the third base line. I, I know the bat hasn't come around yet for Weicho. He got a knock today, though. But that's a reminder what he can do at third base has been such a marvel the last year plus since he moved to third and his confidence shot through the roof playing third base defensively. That's an all-star. I mean, that's an awesome, awesome five-out-of-five star play. Yeah, you hang a star on that one for sure. I mean, you got to look, think of it. Uyas was a, was a shortstop when he came up second base shortstop, so he's got middle in the infield skills, and, and at this point, you know, it seems like he's settled in over at third base, but I mean, he's got middle infield skills playing in the corner, so um, he was always a good defender and moving him over to third just to make him better. I know some folks want to see standings, want to talk about, oh gosh, they're in first place. It's June 16th. I, I don't care about being in first place on June 16th. I only care about being in first place on the last day of the season. I only care about being in first place, or in a playoff position, I should say, on October 1st. And I appreciate all the texts that say that, but like, I don't care about being in first place. You win series, you're likely going to be in first place. Yes, these two teams are technically the two best records in the Central. But talking to Craig Council before the game today, he talked about the fact, like, I mean, yeah, it's technically a series for first place, but it's more about the fact that nobody in the Central has gone out and got it. And maybe this is an opportunity for one of these two clubs to say, let's go and get it. Let's start playing some proper baseball and create some separation because nobody's been able to do that in this division. Oh, I think we talked about it before, right? This late in the season or this middle middle tier of the season, you kind of are what you are, right? I mean, it, it, it kind of rolls out. And if you have some deficiency, whether it be in offense or starting pitching or, or defense, right? I mean, all the teams in the Central clearly have some deficiencies. And, I mean, the Reds are right there where they, they got some young, energized players that they've just called up. So they're playing well. So I really think that the, the – I don't think that anyone's going to run away with this, this division. So I think the Brewers are right there. All right, so let's get to our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Uh, Jeff, I want you to start us off. What caught your eye as a difference-making moment in this 5-4 win? Well, both plays uh, represented was Josh Palacios. One was in, when in the last inning uh, when he was, was in hitting. I thought Joey Weimer getting to the ball as quickly as he did, right, stopped that ball from coming. I mean, there's a center fielder running on that ball all the way hard, and he had no chance of scoring. So hats off to Weimer for getting the ball in quickly, you know. And then the second one, my, my difference making is as Palacios is, is bad base running, right? I mean, you're running. He's looking for that, that, the third base coach to give him the signal to run, and really that's his call. Right, he knows he's going to bring him, and he kind of stutter stepped around third base, second base, which enabled that him Perkins to get get him out at third base on that throw. I love your call on that Weimer cutoff because Craig Council brought it up in post game with us as well, talking about the fact that that's a play that a lot of center fielders are going to try to like go all out for, and then all of a sudden they don't get it, and it gets by him, and it kicks off the wall, and that would allow a runner from first to score. The fact that Weimer pulled up sooner 
knew how to play that carom, and his priority was get it into Willie as fast as possible. And they had to put the stop sign on Sawinski, even though the, the transfer was odd there. I think the transfer was odd because they put the stop sign. That was so huge. That's I, I, a great call, great observation by you, because when we look at advanced metrics, when we look at defensive metrics, right, we, we, we've said all the time, oh, that's a play that doesn't pop up in the box score, which is true, but that's a kind of play that pops up in defensive runs saved and team outs and, and converting out. I mean, that that's, I mean, it truly saved the game because if Weimer misplays that ball, it's a tied game. And a reminder, that dude's a rookie in center field who barely got to play center in the minors because he was surrounded by guys like Sal Freelich and Garrett Mitchell. He's been mostly a corner outfielder. Doing that and that degree of difficulty in that moment, great call by you, Jeff. All right, thank you. I, I really think that was that was not the pedal. I think it was Palacios stuttering around second base and going to third base, and then Perkins came up throwing. Because if he beats the throw, then they're second and third and one out because uh, that guy trailed him up and went to second base. Hayes went to second base on that play. Yeah, huge. And, and then who knows who knows what could have happened with the gaps in the defense, and they were just kind of some seeing-eye singles in there as well. I'm going to go with the Joey Weimer-Homer for my difference-making moment. Obviously, it ended up being the, the, the RBI that stood that helped the Brewers get this victory. But like we talked about a moment ago, the fact that Joey Weimer looked silly on an 0-1 sweeper, and he didn't get it again, but he got a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. It was no slouch of a fastball. But the fact that he was ready to, to rip it to right center field, wasn't trying to pull off of it, wasn't trying to, you know, it's one of those swings that I hope for Joey reminds him I don't need to swing for the moon every time. He still swings hard, and I want him to swing hard. But his swinging hard, you know, and throttling it a little bit, is still swinging harder than like 90% of big leaguers. And he can still hit an opposite field home run on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball on the 0-2 count. I hope that can generate some confidence for him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of golfers out there that listen to the shows, right? When you swing at 90% and make a good turn, you know, you probably give me a good result but when you swing like out of your out of control like your head moves and all those things so right i mean it's such a luxury when i talk to guys that, that hit and have that kind of power to the opposite field i didn't have that kind of power to the opposite field it was just a luxury to have it where you don't have to get everything into this ball to hit a home run so good for him for hitting a home run and he just missed that one in his last at bat too all right. The difference-making moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. Jeff Cirillo, always fun to chat with you, my friend. We'll be with you all weekend long and a big one tomorrow. Wade Miley getting the return. He'll be activated off the injured list tomorrow. Uh, back a little bit early. What are you looking forward to most from seeing uh, the the crafty left-hander once again? I, I think that Miley will hit the ground running like he worked, didn't even miss. I think that he's one of those ones that got a low heart rate. Uh, he's going to work very fast, and uh, he's always fun. I've always enjoyed watching him pitch. It's going to be a quick one with uh, Wade Miley on the mound. He is get-it-and-go kind of mode. So Jeff Cirillo will be with us tomorrow, 3 o'clock, uh, first pitch tomorrow. Jeff, thanks as always for your insight. Yeah, let's have a great weekend. All right, let's have some fun. The losing streak is over. Let's talk about hot and cold. That's coming up next. We're with you until 11.15 on Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win, Brewers win, Brewers win. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dominic Catronio. 
855-616-1620. A few more texts coming in here. Mike in Colorado, good win, but not without some worry at the end. Perkins gets some shine for a 2-3 or three performance at the plate, and I like the bunt. Boy, it was the most excited. I've heard Bob Euchre call a winning ninth inning out. Uh, he was pumped. you got to play that in your highlights. We are doing our best. we got a little bit of an issue with our highlight playing uh, system. I will do our best to make sure we get that in here. Typically, they would have fizzled out after a big, important win. Hopefully, they can get win number two tomorrow. Mike, thanks, as always, for your text. Uh, A little more pessimistic coming from Jerry in Bayview, as you usually are, Jerry, but appreciate you listening, my friend. Looking at the sked, the crew looks like toast. Thanks, Jerry in Bayview. Come on, Jerry. Have some optimism, man. Life's too short to be pessimistic, okay? I'm always a glass-half-full kind of guy, and... I'll believe it when the fat lady sinks, okay? Is this team perfect? Goodness, no. Absolutely not. Is this team going to fight player for playoff spot? Yes, absolutely. Did we feel the exact same way about the Philadelphia Phillies a year ago? Yes, and they made it to the World Series. And I know you want to say, well, we want to win the World Series. Yeah, so does everybody. So it's not that easy. This was a step forward. Again, they win. They get five runs. Not a ton of offense, but enough. You get a series win tomorrow, you get to exhale a little bit, but it's still just June. And I think a good thing to remember, yes, they got off to a hot start in April. Ice cold in May, they've struggled here in June with a six-game losing streak that's now over. You've done it before. You've been hot before. You know what that feels like. And I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer in the fact that there are reinforcements coming. Wade Miley's one of those reinforcements tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff coming in July. Potentially, I mentioned this in Brewers Weekly yesterday, a Keston Hira. He is back playing baseball. He's in Arizona right now, rehabbing from his injured knee. He'll go play a few games in the Arizona Complex League, then go to Nashville. Sal Freelich is already back in Nashville. He had a game-tying RBI single. Know who's also in Nashville right now? Who's tearing it up? Bryce Terang. He's hit a home run in three consecutive games. Also, Jesse Winker is probably going to be activated tomorrow off the injured list. He was around the team today. Uh, We have to wait what that roster move could be. Probably John Singleton, if you had to ask me uh, what it's probably going to be. But then, uh, Winker was swinging the bat well in AAA on rehab. He hit three homers. I know it's AAA. He's a big leaguer. He's still waiting on his first big league, you know, on his regular season big league homer this year. If you can get a healthy Winker back and going, and maybe this is that midseason reset for him, this is an opportunity for the Brewers to try to hit their stride against some very good opponents. I like playing good opponents at this point of the season because you find out what you're made of. You find out who's for real, who are the guys who are going to rise to the occasion. You're going to see both Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen next week against the Diamondbacks. Two very, very talented pitchers. You're also going to see Mitch Keller in this series. He's been struggling as of late, but he's still a really good pitcher, an ace-quality type talent. He will be an ace one day in this league. I want to see you playing your best against the best possible opponents. That's how you actually are able to judge how you're playing. Not playing the Nationals, and quite frankly, getting swept by the A's is, is an alarm bell. You know, you should be playing better than that against the A's. And I think the Brewers, you know, getting swept by Minnesota, and they outplayed Minnesota on Tuesday, then Devin blows it in the ninth, and then they got off to a good start but couldn't finish that good start on Wednesday. The fact that they finished a good start today was very, very important. Uh, As for who's hot, it's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. I just want to give a quick shout-out 
to Yoel Piops getting the eighth inning today. One inning, he did it pretty tidy. Just one hit allowed, or one walk allowed. Getting him back on track is going to be very important. He had allowed a run in three consecutive outings against Baltimore and Oakland. He had a scoreless inning uh, on Monday against, or on Tuesday against Minnesota. Granted, he did allow two base runners in that one with a walk, or three base runners with a walk and hit batter. But mind you, this dude was nasty in most of May, even though the team was struggling. And if he's going to be the eighth inning guy moving forward, I'm all for it. I, I think he's earned that. He has pitched very well. He has been great with inherited runners as well. Uh, he is somebody that the Brewers certainly trust in these scenarios, in leverage scenarios. He's inherited 13 runners. Only one has scored. So keep an eye on that moving forward this season. Who's Hot is brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer. With Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical, don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. More on Brewers Extra Innings right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dominic Catronio with you for about another 20 minutes or so. We'll go until 11.15 tonight. Thanks for everybody's texts uh, here on the program. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Uh, I just tweeted simply, exhale. Uh, I mean, that was the, the way that it felt like today. Just whew, finally, back on track. Good things can happen. How did the skipper feel about all of this one? Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, after today's win. Craig, when you have Devin out there just giving out goodies been for you, are you still pretty confident even when there's when there's traffic that he's going to pick the right spot to, to attack? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, that, that inning is just a great example of why Devin's really good at his job. Um, you know, they, they, they got some base hits, um, but... And he's in a tough situation with second and third, and he's still he's completely composed and makes great pitches. Um, and then that's why he's such a good closer. Because um, you're going to have those situations, the emotions get going, um, the team has some momentum and some energy, and um, you still make great pitches. Um, and that's that's why he's really good at his job. Is part of that too him getting back in there after the way that last outing went, and, and well, I mean, working through it. I mean, he's pitching. That's his, his, his situation. He's pitching. Yeah. Tehran again. What uh, two base runners against him all day? How do you put into words what he's done to solidify that spot in rotation so far? I mean, he's just pitching soup really, really well. Um, you know, that's that's it. And it's you know, I, I don't think you could. You know, that's as much as you can ask from from anybody, from any from any starter in the league. The way he's throwing. In his five starts, um, he, he's just absolutely delivered. Um, he's just so smart out there, um, and um, he's just got slow centers down, speeds them up, different parts of the strike zone, attacks every area of the strike zone, um, lots of strikes, um, and it just becomes a lot for hitters to handle. That first inning, the rally just kind of forming organically. I mean, walk and then a walk and suddenly a two-strike catch of interference. What did you make of doing that, not only doing it, but against the lefty as well? Well, we just we were just disciplined. That We took advantage of uh, a pitcher that was struggling early in the start to find the strike zone um, and, you know, moved the line with just disciplined at-bats. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got a big hit. So, 
Um, the, the hitting happens because of a lot of good discipline, patience. Um, make him make him a pitcher that's not throwing strikes. Make sure he gives ninety strikes. seconds. Um, he took some he took some tough pitches. Um, caught a break in front of the catcher's interference. Um, but it's, it was it was discipline while he wasn't in the strike zone. And then he, he got he got going in the strike zone. Um, and made it harder on us, but but while he wasn't, we were. Just, Tehran has pitched so many low-scoring games. Do you think having that little cushion even registers with him what you know about him as a veteran guy? I, I think not, not really. I think he's just out there making pitches and trying to put up zeros. Um, you know, that, that's, that's his job, and um, as much as you can, I think it's easier to pitch in those situations for sure. I think any pitcher would tell you that they'd like a cushion. Maybe puts you on the attack a little more, but you know, he, he isn't pitching it differently. Back to that first inning, is that is that tricky to do for hitters to stack seconds. that much patience on top of one another, not get antsy at all? Um, yeah, I mean, look, when you get you know when you have men in scoring position, I think you know you know swings of the bat is what gets you runs, right? Um, so it's just discipline. I mean, the game is about balls and strikes. Um, and um, you know, I think when you got a pitcher that's maybe you feel like struggling with the strike zone, it, it maybe locks you in to be able to put your area of the strike zone, your swing, a little bit smaller. The first inning for the Brewers, like I said with Jeff, I, I hope that can spark some good vibes moving forward. Now, I know I've been critical saying let's be a little more aggressive and I still want them to do that against strike throwers. But the fact that they were identified, look, Rich Hill did not have his curveball in that first inning. And continued to lay off it, continued to lay off it. We didn't see those wild swings. They swung at strikes for the most part all night. So I, I like a little building block. I'm not going to overreact to one win, but I like seeing that building block here at the base of what could be a very important stretch for the Brewers uh, against some really quality opponents. We're going to listen to some highlights. That's up next on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Let's get to some highlights here, shall we, as the Brewers get a 5-4 victory over the Pirates. It all started with a rally in the first inning as the Brewers... Loaded the bases with two outs thanks to a couple of walks and a catcher's interference. Then Brian Anderson drew a bases-loaded walk. And then it was Blake Perkins, the rookie, with an opportunity to really make it hurt against Rich Hill. Driven to the gap in left center. Two more are going to score. And the Brewers now lead 3-0 on a line single by Blake Perkins. He would have a two-hit night, as called by Bob Euchre, and the Brewers out to a 3-0 lead against a lefty was such a massively important development. As Rich Hill would settle in for the most part for the rest of the game, however, he would walk six batters in this contest, four of them coming in the first inning. Julio Tehran was fantastic again. He registered his fourth consecutive quality start out of five total with the Brewers. Got some help from his defense, specifically... From Luis Urias. 1-2 pitch. Ground ball, third base. That's a fair ball. Glove by Urias. Throw across the diamond. Got him! What a play by Luis Urias. 
It was awesome as Jeff Levering would continue on, sliding on a backhand to his right, deep at third, from the line to first base. A little mini scoop from Owen Miller just to make sure they get cut by a half a step, and it kept a zero or just a one on the board for a while. It got tight a little bit later in the game, but the Brewers were extending their lead thanks to William Contreras. And a curveball hit towards right. Back and over the head of the right fielder. It hits on the warning track and over the fence for an automatic double. Brewers will get a run to make it 4-1 to one as William Contreras delivers with two outs. An opposite field ambush on a curveball. You don't see that every day. But that's what Rich Hill is. He's a 40% curveball guy. That's the pitch he throws more often than anything else. And William Contreras was ready to attack on that pitch in particular. Then how about some fireworks, shall we? Against the rookie coming in for his Major League debut, Joey Weimer gave him a rude welcome. Bouncer. I should say I'm driving the right and get out. That's okay. It happens to all of us, Bob, including myself. It's it, it When you've been broadcasting for over 50 years, we have not tracked every single baseball that has been hit off the bat. It's all good, Bob. So the Brewers lead now 5-2 after that. It would be important because the Pirates would score two runs in the top half of the seventh inning following that home run to make it suddenly a 5-4 ball game. That, excuse me, got really tight there in the ninth inning. Devin Williams, in his first outing since blowing his first save of the year on Tuesday, loads the bases, two outs, facing Jason DeLay, the bottom of the order. The 0-2 delivery. Here it comes. Hey, struck him out swinging. And this one is over. A little extra from that one from Bob Euchre on the win tonight. As the Brew Crew wins by a final of 5-4, the losing streak is over at six games. they got to make sure it doesn't become a uh, seven-out-of-eight stretch here. All right, tomorrow, a big one for the Brewers to stay on track. We're going to preview that one as we get ready to say goodnight after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Welcome back, Brewers Extra innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. Appreciate all the texts tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. Uh, there might be some golf tweets mixed in there this weekend, uh, given I grew up a massive Ricky Fowler fan. So uh, really pulling for the guy to get it done this weekend in the uh, U.S. Open. But my guy Max Homa struggled, and uh, Christian Yelich's buddy Max Homa missed the cut in the uh, U.S. Open out at Los Angeles Country Club. But uh, let's look ahead to tomorrow, shall we? We've got Wade Miley returning from the injured list tomorrow. Don't know what the leash will be. Craig Council is always coy about that sort of thing about, oh, is he on a pitch count or how many he's going to throw? They have a number. They generally keep that kind of thing internal for what they're going to do before the game tomorrow. So Wade Miley gets the ball. The left-hander will be going up against Mitch Keller, and it's been a curious case of Mitch Keller as of late. So he his ERA was down to 2.44 on May 20th. After six strong innings, another quality start. He had back-to-back shutout efforts, uh, one of them a complete game shutout against the Colorado Rockies. But then uh, his 11th, 12th, and 13th starts of the year were atrocious. He 
allowed se- uh, he allowed 15 earned runs in just 17 innings. He had three homers in that stretch. That's a 7.79 ERA. Opponents hit nearly 3.50 against him. But maybe he righted the ship against the New York Mets. Granted, that offense is not very good. I've seen a lot of the New York Mets with my TBS assignments as of late. That offense is not good. Uh, seven innings, just one run allowed and a quality start against the Mets' his last go-around last weekend. So what kind of Mitch Keller are the Brewers going to see tomorrow? The Brewers have seen plenty of Mitch Keller uh, as he's grown with the Pirates organization. Uh, again, his overall record, 8-2, and two, a 3.41 ERA for just the basic overview for the right-hander, one of their top prospects, selected out of high school from Iowa, Xavier High School in Cedar Rapids. So that is the opponent tomorrow for the Brew Crew. Quick look around Major League Baseball today. Don't look now, but the Cincinnati Reds are 500, y'all. I was laughed at, laughed at the other day, saying you cannot sleep on the Reds. And now they got Ellie De La Cruz. They've got Joey Votto on the way back. They've got a legit bullpen closer in Alexis Diaz. They need some starting pitching. They can shock some people very quickly. Alex Abbott pitched great today. They beat the Astros 2-1. to They're now 35-35. and Just don't count them out. They are going to be hard, and the Brewers are going to have them both at the end of the first half and opening the second half. It's an odd schedule, but it's because the Cardinals are going to London here coming up soon, so it's all weird. Don't worry about it. The point is, don't sleep on the Reds. I know the Brewers took three out of four, I should say, out there on the riverfront. They're playing better now since Ellie De La Cruz arrived, and the Brewers obviously did not see Ellie. And oh, by the way, O'Neill Cruz will be probably back with the Pirates here at some point by the end of July. So, they're going to get better as well. This is not going to get... There's other reinforcements in this division that are on the way. Do not count out the Reds. Those are going to be tough. Do not count out these Pirates. They're always going to be tough. Uh, What a weird one for the uh, rivalry. Yankees-Red Sox. Red Sox bludgeon the Yankees. 15-5 to in that one. Domingo Herman really struggled in that one. Red Sox had 17 hits in the victory. Cardinals lose again. Again. 6-1 to to the Mets. Uh, no one saw that coming, that the Mets have been struggling as much as they have. They're now three games under five hundred. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals are 27-43. and I'm going to repeat that for dramatic effect. The Cardinals are 27-43. and They have a worse record than the Tigers, than the Rockies, and by a half game, the Nationals. I, I, I can't believe it. I know, I I just, my gut tells me, don't declare them dead. We've all seen this movie before, because when they make a leadership change at some point, because it has to be inevitable at this point, I don't know how Oliver Marmol, you know, keeps this going, unless he suddenly turns it around to get a 12-game winning streak. So I don't even want to speak that into existence. But even if they go on a 12-game winning streak, they're four games under five hundred, which is why it's such a big opportunity for the Brewers or for the Pirates or for whomever it ends up being to start taking control of the Central and keep the Cardinals down. The Brewers won't be able to keep them down themselves until September. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they their free fall is legit and they keep falling apart down the stretch here. Uh, Elsewhere, the Brewers' next opponent, the Diamondbacks. Uh, The Diamondbacks beat the Guardians 5-1. The Brewers will also see the Guardians coming up uh, next week on their three-city road trip. Uh, So a 5-1 win. uh, They're leading, I should say, 5-1 in the bottom of the eighth inning right now. Zach Gallen pitched very, very well in that game. 
Uh, and finally, the Cubs beat up on the Orioles down at Wrigley Field. 10-3 to the final. Kyle Hendricks is back, and he is pitching very well for them. A couple of games in progress right now. The rivalry, the Dodgers and the Giants uh, at Chavez Ravine. 4-2 Dodgers with the lead in that one. The Rays are beating up on the Padres. 6-2. They're in the top of the ninth right now in San Diego. Uh, Mariners hosting the White Sox. That game's all tied at 1 right now. That's also on Apple TV+. Plus. By the way, the Brewers, they're 3-0 on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Luis Arise went 5-for-5 five five again today. His batting average is back up to 390 after he was in a mini funk there when he got over 400. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up since uh, today is the nine-year anniversary that we lost Tony Gwynn, uh, the last guy to really threaten hitting 400. He obviously did not do it, but what a hitter, and Luis Arise is the closest thing that our generation will ever see to somebody like Tony Gwynn. So rest in peace to Tony. Uh, thinking about his son today, who is still doing broadcast for the San Diego Padres, and he sounds exactly like his father. So wish the Gwynn family and everybody in San Diego nothing but the best on this uh, day of mourning for them. Tony Gwynn, one of the nicest dudes ever in baseball. We lost him far too soon. Now let's look ahead to the schedule, shall we? Looking ahead to tomorrow. So a 3-10 first pitch. We've got Brewers warm-up for you at 2 o'clock. Yours truly will have you covered. Uh, we will have the network pregame show take over at 2.35 and then take you all the way to first pitch at 3.10. And then finally, uh, on Sunday for the finale of this series of the Pirates, it'll be a 1-10 first pitch. Our coverage once again at noon with Brewers warm-up once again. You boys on that one uh, for a 12:35 network pregame coverage. Join then the Diamondbacks come to town. Uh, that'll be on Monday night, a 6:40 first pitch on Monday night against Arizona. Excuse me, 7:10. We're back to 7:10 now, given it's summertime. 7:10 on Sunday. Neither team has announced their starting pitcher for that one. But then on Sunday, by the way, the Brewers will have Freddie Peralta on the mound for that one against Ortiz for the Pirates. That's going to do it for us this evening here on Brewers Weekly. Uh, my thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us. Also, my thanks to Sam Butson, our producer, back at the studios. From American Family Field, my name's Dominic Catronio saying good night. The Brewers win 5-4. to four. A fun one. The losing streak's over. Until next time, keep on swinging.